Hi, my name is Tony Thaxton. Like anyone else, I love a great album. But I also love those strange albums that might make you wonder how and why they even exist. But I'm not here to make fun of them. I'm here to celebrate them and tell their story. This is Bizarre Albums. Today's episode, Christmas Time with the Three Stooges from 1959. Ernest Lee Nash made his first foray into show business when he was just 15 years old. He and his childhood friend Moses Horwitz joined a vaudeville act called the Annette Kellerman Diving Girls. Annette Kellerman was an Australian professional swimmer, vaudeville star, and eventually film actress and writer. She was one of the first women to wear a one-piece bathing costume instead of pantaloons, which was the norm at the time, and inspired many women to follow in her example. She would go on to appear in several movies, and when she appeared in A Daughter of the Gods, she became the first major actress to appear nude in a Hollywood production. The Annette Kellerman Diving Girls act ended abruptly after an accident on stage, leading Nash, Horwitz, and Kellerman to go their separate ways. Soon after, Nash developed his own vaudeville act and started going by the stage name Ted Healy. Healy's act became a hit. By the time the 1920s rolled around, he had reportedly become the highest paid performer in vaudeville. In 1921, Healy once again got his old friend Moses Horwitz to join his vaudeville act. The following is from the Mike Douglas Show in 1973. Ted was a boyhood friend of mine. So he went in one branch of show business and I went in another. I was the first one with Ted. He asked me to come. I met at the Prospect Theater in Brooklyn. I happened to go back to say hello to him. He was with his Wait a wife. minute, Brooklyn got a little murmur out there. Okay. It's coming Brooklyn. back. Go ahead. The Prospect Theater in Brooklyn. <laughs> and then... I was going in the stage door, and he was coming out and said, Mo, just the guy I want to see. My acrobat left me. He was doing the toe-to-toe catch, you know. So he says, my acrobat left me. Can you help me out till I get a new one? You, you can still do the backflip, can't you? I said, backflip where? <laughs> we used to do it on the sand on the beach. He said, I said, but under the stage, there's concrete. <laughs> If I make a fall, the vaudeville goes disappeared. <laughs> I think he just lost you, you <laughs> During a performance in 1923, Moses spotted his brother Samuel in the audience and yelled at him from the stage. Sam yelled back and walked right on up to the stage. Their bickering amused the audience, resulting in Healy hiring Sam to become a permanent part of the act. The act went through various members and name changes. Ted Healy and his racketeers, Ted Healy and his southern gentlemen, and eventually... Ted Healy and the Stooges. In March of 1928, violinist comedian Louis Feinberg met Ted Healy. Here's more from the Mike Douglas Show. Here comes this little fella in tails and a high hat and a violin. <laughs> he starts playing a violin like this. Not good, but no, you know. And uh, doing a Russian dance at the same time, playing the violin. So Healy looked at me and said, uh, what, are you thinking what I'm thinking? I said, yeah, let's talk to him. We watched the rest of the show. We went back in the dressing room. He had a robe on. He had wet his hair. And while we're talking to him, his hair started to crawl up in knots like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it was drying out, see? He didn't have his finger in a socket or no. anything. No. <laughs> so uh, he looked at him and said, hey, you're single out there. It's not too hot. You want to join with the other two boys and become oh, three? My, he cute. says, I'd love it. He says, I'll give you 90 bucks a week and $10 more to throw that fiddle away. <laughs> In early 1929, Healy signed a contract to perform in the Schubert Brothers' A Night in Venice. Healy brought Feinberg and the Horwitz Brothers together for the first time as a trio. One year later, they made their film debut in Soup to Nuts, written by Rube Goldberg. 
Don't call me a donkey, a big ox. It's the girlfriend, a lady of very few words. Say hello for us. Give her my regards. Me you? too. The boys say hello. Oh, yeah? Well, those three mugs are the scum of the earth. She speaks very highly of you, boys. She always did like us. Yeah, she likes you. Someday she'll make a great little wife for me. Shut up, you pest. You're breaking my eardrums. I'm talking to Ted, my boyfriend. He's a darling. I'm crazy about him. I'll break your head when you get over here. By now, Louis Feinberg was known as Larry Fine. Sam Horwitz was known as Shemp Howard. And for this film, Moses Horwitz was credited as Harry Howard, but would soon become Mo Howard. The movie wasn't a critical success, but the Stooges' performances were memorable, which led to Fox offering the trio a contract without Healy. This angered Healy, who told the Fox executives that the Stooges were his employees and the offer was withdrawn. Fine and the Howard brothers formed their own act, now billed as Howard, Fine, and Howard, or Three Lost Souls. The act went on to tour and was a huge success, but Healy claimed they were using his copyrighted material and threatened legal action. In 1932, Healy reached a new agreement with Fine and the Howards, and they were booked in a production of The Passing Show of 1932. But Shemp Howard was becoming fed up with Healy's anger and alcoholism, and that same year, Shemp was offered a film contract on his own, and he left the group. But Mo knew what to do. Here's Mo Howard on The Mike Douglas Show in 1973. Since Shemp, though, it's a great opportunity for you, we'll get the kid brother, Curly. You know, Curly was my younger brother. Oh. And he was with Orville Knappen Band. He was doing, he was a guest conductor. Like this? Yeah. And the faster he went, the more the suit fell apart. He wound up in long underwear with a flap in the back, <laughs> with a big lock, you know, on the thing. With a lock on, yeah, on, on the flap. <laughs> seat there. Jerome Horwitz would become known as Curly Howard. With the mix of his high-pitched voice, vocal expressions, physical comedy, improv, and athleticism, Curly quickly became the most popular of the Stooges. How am I going to get up there? Shh! Give me a hand, sap. What happened? Oh! Oh! You almost killed us, that's what happened. Oh, you hit Santa Claus! Just for that, no toys! MGM signed Healy and the Stooges to a movie contract in 1933. By 1934, MGM was building Healy up as a solo comedian in movies, leading him to dissolve the act to pursue a solo career. Much like Shemp, the rest of the group was growing tired of Healy's alcoholism and abrasiveness, so they officially parted ways and renamed their act, The Three Stooges. Later that same year, they signed on to appear in shorts for Columbia Pictures. Within their first year at Columbia, The Stooges had become a huge hit. Only three years later, Ted Healy would die at age 41. Pardon the interruption, but I've got to take just a minute to tell you guys about U-Turn Audio. Are you familiar with U-Turn? U-Turn Audio is an American turntable company and maker of the Orbit Turntable. All their turntables are built by hand in Boston, Massachusetts. These turntables are beautiful. I just ordered one for myself. I can't wait to get it. I just, I happen to need a new record player, so... I jumped right on it. Their whole thing is they want to make vinyl listening easier and more affordable. They deliver a high level of performance, and the prices start at just $179. That's it, $179, and you can get a gorgeous turntable. They're elegantly designed, stupidly simple to set up and use. The turntables are all totally customizable with hundreds of configurations available. And don't even get me started on their customer support. A two-year warranty on all products. Come on. 
Let me fly through a couple of these details real quick about the U-turn turntable. External belt drive and isolated motor to keep noise out of your music. Frictionless bearings ensure dead-on speed accuracy. Plenty of options and upgrades like acrylic platter, choice of five different cartridges, real hardwood plinths using sustainably harvested U.S. lumber, and a precision tone arm for perfect tracking with low distortion. The result? Detailed and natural sound. So here's the deal. You can get free shipping on your U-Turn turntable. All you've got to do is go to U-TurnAudio.com and enter the code BAZAAR at checkout. That's U-TurnAudio.com and enter the code BAZAAR. That's B-I-Z-A-R-R-E. Again, that's B-I-Z-A-R-R-E. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Stooges contract required them to release up to eight short films a year and ended up appearing in 190 shorts and five features during their time at Columbia. In 1946, while filming Half-Wit's Holiday, Curly suffered a stroke on the set. He never fully recovered, and his time with the Stooges came to an end. Moe then asked his brother Shemp to return. Shemp was hesitant as he was having success with his solo career, but he was concerned that if he didn't rejoin, it would mean the end of Moe and Larry's film careers. Shemp wanted to know that rejoining them would only be temporary, and that he could leave once Curly had recovered. But Curly's health continued to deteriorate, and he remained ill until his death following another stroke in 1952. Curly's popularity long outlived him. This was emphasized by the Jump in the Saddle band, who had a number 15 hit with their 1983 novelty single, The Curly Shuffle. Don't like fight and we don't like scuffle, we dance all night doing the Curly Shuffle. Hey Mo, hey Mo. Just three years after Curly's death, Shemp then died of a heart attack at age 60. Moe was stunned and even considered breaking up the Stooges, but they were still under contract with Columbia. Columbia insisted that a replacement stooge be someone already under contract with the studio. Enter Joe Besser. Besser was already a comedian making shorts for the studio, and he would go on to appear in the final 16 Stooges shorts for Columbia. And fun fact, 
one of the founders of the Upright Citizens Brigade, Matt Besser, is a relative of Joe Besser. Besser didn't try to imitate Curly or Shimp. He continued to play the same whiny character he'd developed throughout his career. He even had a clause in his contract prohibiting being hit excessively. Because of this, Besser was a lot less popular among Stooges fans. In 1957, just days after finishing their final short for Columbia, the Stooges were fired after 24 years. Columbia had enough completed shorts to be released over the next 18 months. Shortly after, Besser's wife suffered a heart attack and he preferred to stay home with her, leading him to leave the Stooges. So once again, Moe and Larry were in need of a new third Stooge. Larry had just seen a performer named Joseph Wardell, better known as Joe Dorita, in a Las Vegas show and thought that Dorita would be perfect for the third Stooge. At first, Dorita had a crew cut, but eventually he shaved his head. Because of his resemblance to both Curly and Joe Besser, and to avoid confusion with his predecessors, Dorita was renamed Curly Joe. Around the same time, the Stooges were seeing a bit of a resurgence as their shorts were now being seen on television, finding a new audience. In August of 1959, Curly Joe made his feature film debut with the Stooges in Have Rocket, Will Travel. This would also lead to the first Stooges recording. A soundtrack to the film was released in August of 1959 on Colpix Records. Released as a 45, the Stooges sing the film's theme song, backed by the vocal group The Tinglers. The race for space has just begun, the race to reach the moon and sun, and we've got half the battle won, half rocket, oh, we'll travel. The Stooges would go on to release more singles and LP on the Golden, Peter Pan, and Coral labels, with a mix of comedy adventure albums and silly versions of children's songs and stories. So, also in 1959, The Three Stooges Sing Six Happy Yuletide Songs was released on Golden Records. Oh, who goes there? Santa Claus! Before I fully jump in here, I'll go ahead and say that this is really more of an EP. It's only six short songs, and it was originally released as a 45. It was reissued in 1983 on Rhino Records under a new name, Christmas Time with the Three Stooges. That's the version I have and what I used in my photo for this week's episode, so that's why I called the episode under its reissue title. Alright, moving on. All I Want for Christmas is My Two Front Teeth is a novelty song written in 1944 by a New York school teacher named Donald Gardner. He asked his second grade class what they wanted for Christmas, and when he did, he noticed that all of his students had at least one of their front teeth missing and they answered with a lisp. Gardner then wrote the song in about 30 minutes. The song was first recorded by Spike Jones and his City Slickers. And now, the Three Stooges were taking a crack at it. All I want for Christmas is my two front teeth. My two front teeth. See my two front teeth. Gee, if I could only have my two front teeth, then I could wish you Merry Christmas. It seems so long since I could say, Sister Susie sitting on the thistle. Gosh, oh gee, how happy I'd be if I could only whistle. Up next is I Want a Hippopotamus for Christmas. The song was written by John Rocks and originally performed by a 10-year-old Gayla Peavy in 1953. The song peaked at number 24, but the Stooges version didn't fare nearly as well. I want a hippopotamus for Christmas. Only a hippopotamus will do. I only like hippopotamuses and hippopotamuses. 
I Got a Cold for Christmas was a song originally recorded in 1954 by the Ames Brothers. The Ames Brothers were a 50s singing quartet known for their unique vocal group sound, which featured four bass baritones and no tenors. The Three Stooges were known for slapstick comedy. Is by the windowsill, just for Santa caught a chill. Where's my penicill and pill? I got a cold for Christmas. Freddy's got the brand new gun. Wreck the Halls with Boughs of Holly is based on the traditional Christmas carol, Deck the Halls. The Stooges version, Wreck the Halls, is credited to a man who not only wrote over a hundred songs for Golden Records, but is also the writer of the Mighty Mouse theme song, Marshall Bearer. It's leading. It's too much decorations on the left side. No, it's not enough decorations on the left side. You're both wrong. It's not enough on the top. Here, I'll show you. No, no, don't do, don't put anything more on the top. Come down from there. Ooh. Watch out what you're doing. Ooh. It's dangerous. I'm warning you. I'm telling you, it's a strip. Obviously a take on Jingle Bells. Jingle Bell drag is... Well, I'll, I'll be honest, there's not a lot of information out there about this one, so uh, let's just hear a sample. In the garbage dump, on a fine December day, we found a beat-up piece of junk, an old-time open sleigh. So then we bought a horse, his coat was solid gray, but that's because the horse, of course, is older than the sleigh. Jingle bell, jingle bell, if this seems too slow, just blame it on Down Through the Housetop is a parody of Up on the Housetop, a Christmas song written by Benjamin Hanby in 1864. Up on the housetop, dear, oh dear, Santa will be confused, I fear, clumping around with his heavy sleigh. Where is the chimney, he will say. Clump, 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 what'll we do? What'll we do if he falls right through? The album has been re-released in various ways over the years, and the version that's currently streaming on Spotify and Apple Music has a different cover and even includes three more songs. Golden Records, who originally released the songs, was a New York City-based record label that was owned by book publisher Simon & Schuster. It was one of the first children's music labels that combined story with music. It featured music to accompany Little Golden Books. It was founded in 1948 by Grammy Award-winning children's music producer Arthur Shimkin. Shimkin went on to found Sesame Street Records in conjunction with Children's Television Workshop. It's there that he would put out a gold-selling parody album of the Bee Gees Saturday Night Fever soundtrack called Sesame Street Fever. But that is for another time. 
Thank you for listening to Bizarre Albums. If you like the show, please subscribe and leave a review. It helps people find the show. You can also follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Bizarre Albums, and I'm at Tony Faxton. You can also like Bizarre Albums on Facebook and visit BizarreAlbums.com. And if you still want more Bizarre Albums in your life, sign up for weekly bonus episodes of Bizarre Singles and more at Patreon.com slash Bizarre Albums. And as always, if you know of a Bizarre Album you'd like to hear featured, please tweet the show. I'd love to hear from you. You can even email me at bizarrealbums at gmail.com. My name is Tony Thaxton, and I'll see you next time on Bizarre Albums. Bizarre Albums.